Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 44, we talk to Amanda Rose about the Holy Hen House Ministry. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty well, Drew. Thanks for asking. You know, one of my favorite parts about uh, recording this podcast is, first of all, getting to meet so many people that we haven't met before. But that meeting only happens because our listeners actually submit people to us. We love hearing from our listeners and from our past guests on other people to reach out to. And and this week is no exception. Uh, This week we got to talk to one of the co-founders of this cool ministry for women called Holy Hen House. Her name's Amanda Rose, and she gets to talk us through this whole process of, of how it started, what the vision is, what the goals are, and this really awesome new project they're working on. They, they are getting a print magazine, and they've got a Kickstarter going right now. So I think it'd be really uh, beneficial for us to get right to that interview. Today, we're pumped to welcome to the podcast Amanda Rose. Welcome, Amanda. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Amanda, could you introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Sure. Um... So yes, I am a Christian singer-songwriter. I enjoy playing music not only for worship, but also through meditative prayer at home. And I do have my master's in music composition, but I've found over the years, especially as I've become a mother, just to find some of that calm and time alone just with the piano and the voice and just make music there. So I'm a musician. I mentioned just briefly here that I am a mother, so I am married to my husband, and he is a pastor of two congregations in about the center of the heart of Wisconsin here. And we have four children, 10, seven, I remember, five and two. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they are growing so quickly, so it's hard to keep track with their ages all the time. I do also homeschool them, so another different challenge, but definitely one that I see so much fruit that we're really grateful for. For our family, it really fits our lifestyle and being in the ministry, it's it's great that they get to see their dad in the afternoon for lunch and things like that. So yeah, and besides just the music part, the family part, I am a co-founder of a women's ministry called Holy Hen House, which we'll be talking about more as we go on, and really passionate about bringing women together around God's Word. So yeah, I hope that's a little bit in a nutshell. Awesome. And you mentioned it, so let's just dive right in. Let's talk about Holy Hen House. Uh, what is yeah. it? How did it get started? What What is your kind of vision and goals for it? Yeah, that's a that's a lot. I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to answer one of those at a time here. So yeah, what is it? I mean, often when we share the name Holy Hen House, I think people either love it or hate it from the get go. So to begin, I guess going back to about seven years ago, my husband and I had returned from doing missions overseas in China, and I had really missed the in home Bible study intimacy and atmosphere. Because we had just started our family, it wasn't very effective to try to do the Bible study after Sunday worship and things. You know, my young oldest at that time was really little. And so I just threw out a message to see if any other, you know, like-minded Christian women wanted to get together at bedtime at like eight o'clock at night. And so friends of friends and old colleagues, friends, classmates, um, about 12 of us started house hopping, doing a Bible study every week. And we would meet as late as 11 midnight. We would start and just open up God's word and read through it verse by verse. 
And it was great because some of the women had never done that. And it was just awesome to see them hunger for it for the next week and share prayer requests. And it really it began this sisterhood that was incredibly hard to leave. So when my husband had his first student pastor year or his vicar year that you know it as too, I knew that that network of women wasn't going to be easy to replace. And so I said, you guys, you know, I've heard this thing about blogs, right? This is 2011, 2012, right? When they were becoming kind of this, I don't know, trend type thing. And I said, should we give it a go? Maybe our moms and us will be the only ones that read it, but just to foster this encouragement to be intentional about it. And I had no idea, but they all agreed. (laughs) And it was like, okay, well, there's about eight to 10 of us here who who are on board. So let's just all pitch in some dollar bills and get a domain name and find a designer to do the website. Because back then, I mean, it was very much code and everything with WordPress. So none of us have degrees for any of these things. I mentioned Minds and Music. So we really had to hit Google and YouTube hard to figure a lot of it out for ourselves. And honestly, the hardest part was coming up with the name initially, because we had gone, you know, over those years to get to know each other so well, picking the name, there are a lot of opinions. And I remember one day walking with one of my dear friends at that time. And we were just, you know, commenting, oh, how hard it is to come up with this name. And we're just like a bunch of hens, you know, cluck, 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 and really (laughs) joking and laughing at ourselves in the process. And then um, I said, yeah, you know, what do we think about that? What about his hen house? And we're laughing. And she's like, no, I think that could have a different connotation. So we kept walking and she said, what about holy hen house? And I, you know, one of those stop in your tracks moments where it's like, yeah, let's, let's run with it. So we just really liked how within hearing it the first time, it was easy to remember. It gave um, a suggested idea that it was a group of women talking, but that the speech was sanctified, that it was holy and set apart, not like the world, like gossip or comparing or tearing down. So uh, I hope that's a good summary of kind of where the roots are with Holy Hen House. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where we began. So how has it grown since then? What what does it oh. look like now for if our <laughs> listeners haven't been there ever to your website? What what do you do? Great. So Holy Hen House is a biblical sisterhood that has grown online. As I mentioned, we were a blog to begin with. And over the years, just, of course, we have gotten older. And we recognize that the women who have spoken into us who are older, their voice was you know, important and valued. And we recognize the generation coming behind us is also valued and honored. And so we've decided to bring on different ages of women onto the blog. And also when we have speaking engagements, so women have asked us to, you know, can you speak at our women's group? Can you speak at our mom's group? So now all of a sudden, Holy Hen House has, you know, been doing workshops. And I think we've done over 14 of them, I think 15. So besides the blog, we offer real, you know, meetups in person face-to-face with our workshops and events. We've done retreats. We've done our Out of the Nest, which is a Mom's Night Out event. And just recently, we did a conference this last June called Spur On, and that was meant for girls 10 and up. So again, just investing in that other generation coming up to put before them the mentors and just the peers at the age where girls are starting to look less to mom and dad for you know, that influence. And I hope to stir that sisterhood even at a younger age. So yeah, we have the blog online. We do the events in person. And just recently, we've just launched our magazine project. And the reason that this came about is over time, 
with the blog and social media, I think especially people are starting to feel worn out a little bit. Even if we don't want to be on it, people feel the pull to be on it, almost a responsibility. And what we've seen as a ministry is we kind of wanted to take a step back and say, how are women taking in our content? Is it the way that we would like them? Is it the way we would want to ourselves? And so we played around with the idea of the magazine. And when we opened up the idea to the rest of our team, a lot of them were on board and they said, yes, this sounds wonderful. Something to sit along with, you know, and just take time with. And if my children see me on this, it's fine. You know, I don't feel like I'm burdening them being on the phone or, you know, what is mom doing or what is she doing? It's just something that allows women to take time and be slow and and to take in content in a more holistic way that I think we all feel a lot better about after having been online for the last, you know, the last 10 years. So the magazine project has now been launched. And when I say launched, it's through a Kickstarter campaign. So if if you've seen those before, it's it's really a goal that's set in order for this project to happen. So we we crunched the numbers, we came up with a budget, and we just honestly, by faith, said either this is going to be backed or it's it's not going to happen because financially it's it's a large investment to do with the printing and shipping. I'm sure you guys can, you know, even just imagine a little bit. So we started the campaign on September 23rd and by halfway through of September 25th, two days later, we were hundred percent funded and going even beyond that. So we are incredibly humbled and still <laughs> trying to just show our, our sisterhood, our community, how grateful we are for their support and just really to include them in on this project. It's not just words that we have written. Um, we're including women who um, have submitted poetry, different articles, um, photography, and art, and really just to have a collective idea of different, again, seasons of life that women can speak into that will be shown in this magazine. So we call it the Holy Hen House magazine, a dwelling place for women in every season. And it's quarterly. So there's a Bible study included. We even have a hymn study included and places for sermon notes and prayer lists. So we're really looking for this to be a, a cohesive place for women to take and experience Holy Hen House content. And again, as I mentioned, also contribute. No, it really seems like a great project, though, and a great resource, especially when I think a lot of people within our church body don't understand the leaders that women can be, specifically like in their families, as you mentioned, with with being mothers and things like that. And having this resource to build a sisterhood, I think, is really cool. Awesome. And all the more awesome to hear, you know, a brother in Jesus to say that. Thank you. Yeah. Switching gears just just a little bit, you you kind of talked about how you're working with this fairly sizable group of women to to create and put together all these different, whether it be the blog or, or the, the quarterly. What challenges has that given you as a creative to, to be able to work with and manage all these different creative personalities? Yeah. So working together as a group of women, I would say there are certainly challenges, especially in that, as I mentioned, me personally now leading the group as a director, I, I mentioned I don't have my degree in this. I don't feel necessarily qualified <laughs> to be doing this. I actually have a list of women that I was thinking that could have done this job a whole lot better than me. And so I think the dependency that I and honestly the whole group 
um, that we have on the Lord to steer us in the right direction. So every month when we have our meeting and we just open with prayer that he would keep us unified to his will and towards what he has in the future for us. And I think that that openness to having him steer our ministry helps us work together. It helps us know that our intention as a whole is for God's will to be done and that there's not just one person's idea who's pushing this forward. It also helps that we put the best construction on things. You know, things can get lost in communication, especially, um, you know, we have our meetings once a month and things, but sometimes we do these things. I don't know if you guys use anything online like Trello or ClickUp, things like that. And so it's trying to express, you know, large concepts with few words. And so sometimes misunderstandings happen. And so just putting the best construction on things is also incredibly great. And I think because we have relationships, we're friends, and we're able to say the hard things knowing that we genuinely care for one another. So for example, if someone just moved or someone just received a call in ministry in their family, if someone just had a child or you know, went through really difficulty, um, a difficult time in their marriage or things like that, we're just we're sensitive to that. And the ministry functions in that those things come first. Those are the priorities first. And we know that God is going to bless that instead of us putting this first. So we we talk about first seeking his kingdom, his righteousness, and everything else comes after that. And that includes Holy Hen House. So I think those attitudes and just that structure for our team has been incredibly helpful to keep us just aligned and thriving. So yeah, I hope I hope that answered. Yeah. yeah. And if you have more questions, I'm happy to answer that too. Yeah. Well, you kind of brought up the fact that sometimes it is a little more difficult to, to communicate via text or, or digital or however, you know, but that is what you're doing with, with the blog and, and the magazine. Do you find it difficult sometimes to do something like mentoring and like, like this sisterhood idea um, which is a very like interpersonal thing. Is it tricky to do that via text? Yes, I would say mentoring online is possible. I think ideally face-to-face would be the choice. And I say that I'm hesitating only because I know for some distance is a factor, convenience is a factor. For example, on our our private Facebook community group, we actually do have mentoring capabilities within that where women who are older and sometimes they may even be in the same season of life mutually encourage one another and so we put that there because sometimes it's not always possible where you live that you would have those relationships and I think to not put necessarily all those expectations in that you have to have coffee with this woman every single week for two hours in order for this relationship to be valuable I know even a time when I was in college it was a phone call you know and that was great so even just hearing the voice but mentorship can definitely come in all kinds of forms. So I would say it can happen online. It can happen through a text message for someone to think about you and and to throughout the weeks just encourage you in your faith through the difficult times. And then also encourage you in the joyful times to be thankful along with you and show that gratitude. And then I mentioned phone calls, getting together in person. There's something about that, just seeing the other person's eye contact, their mannerisms, um, being able to hug and just you know, share that you're prioritizing your relationship in your regular schedules is wonderful. And I know, for example, we were just on this trip to Alaska, the Holy Hen House, my friend Mel and I 
also co-founder, went up there for a retreat and we had dinner with, you know, these two women who were in their early 80s and they just spoke into us for a good hour and a half and we'll never probably see them again, but that's a memory that will be everlasting for us. So mentorship, yes. Can it happen online? Absolutely. Can it happen in person? Great. I think all together, as long as we are open to receive just wisdom and I think just that that relationship with other women will be an asset in whatever form that comes. So as you look towards the future of what you're hoping to accomplish, uh, what do you see happening with this community in the next five or 10 years? Great question. So looking back at our past in order to look what's coming in the future, the ministry has often changed about every six months. (laughs) We haven't done quite one year the same. And so when people ask me that question, I always do have a larger picture in mind, but it's something that's continually changing. Even this magazine idea, this wasn't existent a little over six months ago. So looking forward in the next six months, our hope is that the quarterly magazine, with it being 100% funded, that this will keep thriving and, again, reaching homes of other women. And, again, some of our main goals are that you know, women are coming together and, you know, finding confidence to approach the word of God, either by themselves or with a group of women. And, you know, just seeing that those local meetups happening that we have through our site too, is just encouraging. So in five to 10 years from now, what we hope to see is that, you know, Holy Hen House has kind of been in the Midwest for the last five years. And we're really hoping that you know, the idea of the mentorship within Sisters in Christ can become something that would be a resource to spur women on with the word of God for them to get in the word themselves and to share Jesus with, you know, to share Jesus with grace to one another so that when we have these mentorship relationships, it's not that they have the authority themselves or that they are perfect, but that they point to the one who is, of course, that's Christ and to do that with grace. And then also just that there's this new, hope, this new, you know, I would almost say mission for righteousness, for women of faith to speak um, intentionally the word of God. And so really to speak what matters, I think we're surrounded by so much noise on social media. And I mean, women have that stereotype for a reason. (laughs) And so I think it's all the more reason for us to let the Holy Spirit cultivate the words that come from our mouths and really build one another up. And so we're hoping that this will, again, just reach more women and to reach those younger women and that they see their identity being in Christ before they start looking to the world. And then also reach the older women to know that they are significant. When you look throughout the the word of God and you put together the women that he mentions that was active for his kingdom, a lot of them are, you know, widows, are single women who are in leadership and who served the Lord and even helped you know, financially support Jesus and the disciples. So when you you look in the word of God for those examples, to just speak into the older women that they're not, you know, insignificant, that they're incredibly valuable. And there's so much beauty in this whole mentorship idea that we see in Titus chapter two, if you've, if you've read that, just speaking to the women, mentoring one another. So, so that the word of God will not be maligned will not be spoken bad of, right? So it means that we need to know what it says. So I, I guess altogether, the hope is that in time, women will approach the word of God with confidence and share it 
with conviction and intention into other women's lives to impact generations. Another passage that we really find to be part of our you know, ministry is Hebrews chapter 10, and that's verse 24. I'll read it here. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And as we look at that verse, just thinking about that day that's approaching, and we all know that, you know, we're hoping and longing for Jesus to be coming back, and that resurrection is ours. And knowing as those days is approaching, it's just, again, um, an urgency why this kind of chatter matters, right? Why these things have an effect and really do impact generations for the future. So I hope that answered the question. I feel like I can go on and on with these things. No, that's, <laughs> that's great. More succinct, please. Oh. So for, for our listeners, whether they be up by you in Wisconsin or maybe down by me in South Carolina, that want to get connected to this, this sisterhood, this fellowship, how, how's the easiest way for them to get involved? Yeah, so whether you're in the Midwest or throughout the States, you can find us online. So holyhenhouse.com is our website, and that will be able to direct you to many things. So um, our blog posts are still active and current, even through the magazine publication. And as I mentioned, the magazine, you'll find a header right on our website for that too, a button right to the Kickstarter. We have about 10 more days for that. And um, social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram mostly. On Facebook, we also have a private community where we discuss our different Bible studies, prayer requests, to share weekly encouragement with one another there too. Awesome. Well, th- again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and, and sharing the story of Holy Hen House with our listeners. Thank you guys for having me again. That just about wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. But we did want to mention a little more detail about their Kickstarter. We were really excited that we were able to have this episode right before the Kickstarter was about to end. But if you go check it out, there's a link in our show notes to it. You can there's a number of different tiers you can back at to get the just the magazine or some other cool swag like uh, shirts and postcards and mugs and cool things like that. So be sure to go check that out. Like I said, the link is in the show notes. And as always, if you are a listener who has questions you want answers to or people you'd like to hear from, just like we had this week, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. We love hearing from all of our listeners, past guests, and supporters. And one of those ways you can continue to support this podcast is by checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. Be sure to head on over there and see uncut episodes and certain bonus content that's only available to our patrons. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.